Oh, well, hi. Welcome to Living Word Chapel. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you're a mom out there, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms out there. Whatever role you play as a mom, whether you're a stepmom, a guardian, a grandma, we want to celebrate you today. Also, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. Make sure that you stop by our Welcome Center where it says New Here, Moms Start Here. There. We have Whatever a free gift for you, you because you are a gift to us today. Guardian, also, one of the ways grandma, that we connect with you is with our connection today. card. Also, if you're at an in-person service, you can find it under your seat. You. If you're joining sure us online, you, you can scroll down and it says connection card on there. Fill that out, put as much information on it as you're comfortable with. There's a spot for so a one of the ways that uh, prayer request, you, praise report. We love praying for you here and we love celebrating and seeing what God is doing. And we love connecting with you. And this is one way we're able to do that. Yeah. When we connect to the things of God, great things happen. And one of the ways that we connect to God is through our generosity. We can never outgive God. Everything we have is a gift from him. And so at Living Word Chapel, we make it easy for you to be generous, whether it's through our online platform, lwconline.org, or whether it's in person at one of our giving stations at the exit doors. Uh, there's stations there that you're able to, to give. Some people give by mail, and we, you know, we'd love for you to be generous in that way as well. And we want you to know that we don't want you to feel pressured in any way to give, because as Shauna said, you are a gift to us today. You know, I default to my mom's wisdom. My mom used to say on Mother's Day uh, that I brought you into this world and I can surely take you out of this world. So moms, we're thankful that you brought us into this world and it's because of you and because of God giving us breath that we can celebrate all the good things that we celebrate in Jesus. That's right. Where would we be without our moms, right? Well, also, one of the ways that you can partner with us in generosity is every year we, our youth group and youth leaders take 200 to 300 backpacks to kids ages K through 12 full of supplies. These kids would normally not have school supplies or backpacks, and we get to bless them every year. So you can visit our website, lwconline.org. It has all the information on there, and you can go with us to Mexico. Amen. Puerto Penasco is exactly where those those uh, backpacks go, and they're doing a great work over there. Uh, at LWC, we also have on-ramps that will keep you connected during the week. And these on-ramps on are designed uh, to help you grow in the things of God. So in person, we have uh, 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 Route 66, a, a women's study, where the women go through the books of the Bible. We have real men that meet on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And God is doing great things and all the men that are taking Can't you eat food? Oh, we eat a lot of good yes. food. And thank you, moms, for bringing us into this world so that we could eat good food. <laughs> yes. uh, and then we also have a great study in Kearney at the Kearney campus on midweek Wednesdays, 11 a.m. It's a great place for you to connect. Um, so there's just plenty of connect points online. We have Alpha, a wonderful study that answers questions about faith. We have uh, online small groups, and, and, and there's no reason why you can't stay connected throughout the week and let Jesus continue to push you, help you, encourage you, strengthen, strengthen you through whatever you need to go through. That's right. 
In Route 66, actually the women's study that we do weekly, we are finishing up our 11th book in the Bible. And we started over a year ago. So we are growing in our, in our knowledge of the word. And you can't go wrong there. I mean, it is the word of God that transforms our lives. Yeah, Living Word Chapel, we exist to love, empower, and transform people with and through the Living Word. It's what changes our lives. But right now, it's time for us to do what we came to do, and that is to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if you're in person, let's stand up. Let's get our praise on. Let's get ready to worship the King of Kings. And if you're online, get ready because God's going to just touch your heart and you can worship him with us as well. Let's take one more picture. Don't forget to get your picture on the way out at the end of the service. I saw darkness run for cover, but the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Signs and wonders, resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. My praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from dead to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. All together, sons and daughters, all with blood and washed in water, sing the praises of the Spirit and the Father, our God. We'll finish what he started. Our God will finish what he started. Oh, this is my testimony from dead to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Whoa. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. You're not done. You're not. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. 
This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'll justify. This is my testimony. Now I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. search the world but it couldn't fill me a man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough but you came along and put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, so there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yes, I know it's true, and I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you see them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountains. Is the God of the valley, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing better than you, there's nothing better than you, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. So there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you.
morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You turn mourning to dance. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. So there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. No, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into garden. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves 
when my heart becomes clean and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Comfort this place and fill the atmosphere. And glory, God is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes clear and my shame is undone. Your presence. Now taste it and see of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes clean and my chain is in your presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Comfort this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for—to be overcome by Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you. Holy 
Much has changed this past year, but one thing has stayed the same, our need for the mothers in our lives. When we're most weary, moms continue to nurture, encourage, and model selflessness. Mothers often seem to hold the world together. In big ways and small, we acknowledge all they, all you, do. Center stage and behind the scenes, tangible and intangible. We thank God for how you love and support. A care package of favorite things, a home-cooked meal, a note that makes us laugh, a full-bodied hug, a gentle word of advice, a clean house when we come home. We celebrate the young mothers who nurture their little ones with their own bodies the mothers who dedicate their time to fostering the gifts of their children, the grandmothers who remember every birthday, the mother figures and godmothers who give of their resources time and laughter. In person or miles away, the mothers and mother figures in our lives bless us. And we're so grateful. You deserve more than one day of gratitude because you give of yourself every day in so many ways. Still, we pause today to acknowledge you and thank God for you. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Well, good morning. And what a great video. Um, we just appreciate our moms. Happy Mother's Day to all you lovely moms out there. I have said many times that one of my greatest joys in life is being a mom. And now, of course, being a grandma. I love spending time with my grandkids. There is nothing like it. And if you are a grandparent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is always an honor for me to speak on Mother's Day. I am not the communicator my husband is, so bear with me. My prayer this morning is that God speaks something special to the moms, and of course, everyone sitting in this room. But first, let me pray. God, I thank you that you are in this place. I pray you speak through me today. I ask that all the minds and hearts be open to receive what you have for everyone today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So have you ever been in a room with someone and spent a little bit of time with them, and when you leave that room, you feel better than when you first entered? Or have you ever been in the room with someone and you left feeling worse when you first enter? You are thinking to yourself, what just happened? I felt really good before I entered that room, but now I feel pretty lousy. I feel horrible. Can we have that kind of effect on people? Or can people have that kind of effect on us? Absolutely. Yes, they can, and yes, we can. We can have that kind of effect on our children. How many of you moms out there know that whatever kind of mood you were in in the morning, and I, I have a son in here today, so no comments. Every, every, the mood you were in, how you sent your kids out, whether you were in a bad mood, like you ruined their day, right? And if you were in a good mood, then you sent them off and they had a pretty good day. So we can have this kind of effect on our children, our spouses, our friends, and even strangers. The kind of fragrance we set in the room is very important. We want to be unique and different when we are in the room. And when people leave, our goal should be for them to be better. Of course, we can't do this in our own strength. We need help, and I know I need a lot of help. So the title of our message today is called, of my message today is called Fragrance Faith. So if you take the word fragranced and you put it with faith, the meaning becomes this, a distinctive smell that comes with complete trust or confidence in someone or something. There's a woman in the Bible named Mary, and I believe she gives us an example of how to live a fragranced faith life. And she had a sister named Martha. Many of us have heard this story. And they lived in a little town called Bethany. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 38. I mean, sorry, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Or you can follow along on the slides. Or if you have version, jump on there and you can follow along as well. And I'm going to start to read in, in verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, he being Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So Martha, we can see here, was hospitable. She was very welcoming, and she invited Jesus into her home. Now, she had a sister called Mary, reading on in verse 39, who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Another translation says she actually interrupted them. Can you imagine interrupting Jesus? But the Lord answered her and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we see two women, Mary and Martha, in the room with Jesus. Martha welcomed Jesus, and she was very hospitable. 
But her focus really wasn't on Jesus. It says she came up to him or interrupted him and said, Lord, do you not care that capital M-Y, my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. Do you ever talk to Jesus like this? I know I have. Maybe not outwardly, but inwardly. She invited him into the house, but then tells him all about all the things she is doing right and all the things everyone else is doing wrong. They're the ones that are messed up, Lord, not me. I'm working. I'm serving. See, Martha's focus was not on Jesus being in the room. Yes, she invited him in, but her focus was what she needed him to do for her. Ever been there? So focused on what we want from him instead of what we need from him. And what we need from him is his word spoken into our lives. Then we see Mary. She did what was good and what could not be taken away from her. Mary was sitting at his feet immediately. Sitting at his feet meant listening to his teaching in those days. Listening to what he had to say, and she wasn't talking. She was absorbing what Jesus was saying to her. She wanted to hear every word he had to say. I can just picture this in my mind. Do you see the two differences in the room? See, I can picture it in my mind, and now you can picture it. How cool is that? Martha is focused on herself and all the things she is doing, and Mary is focused on Jesus and what he has to say. See, Jesus has her full attention, which takes me to point number one. When Jesus has our full attention, we will have fragranced faith. See, in other words, if we trust Jesus, we will be a sweet fragrance in the room we are in, and that will follow us wherever we go. Martha's focus in the room was on herself, and this will never leave you or people around you better. Mary was focused on Jesus being in the room. She knew that she would leave that room better sitting at his feet. That is the only way that we will be a distinctive sweet smell to those around us. It is impossible for us to produce this in our own strength. You might have the most positive personality, and you may have the, the best personality, but you are not going to make an eternal difference in someone's life if you are not allowing Jesus to speak his word into your life first. You will make a temporary difference, not an eternal difference. See, Jesus said what Mary is doing can never be taken away from her. And if we are so focused on what we are doing, we will be distracted and miss an opportunity to hear what Jesus has to say to us. Jesus wants our full attention. And I can relate to Martha because I'm a worker. I'm a server. I mean, I'd rather be out there right now than up here. So this message speaks to me that even though I have that personality, I'm still not going to benefit others if I'm not sitting at the feet of Jesus, if I'm not spending time in his presence. There is another story in the Bible about Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. We're going to talk a lot about Mary and Martha today. In John chapter 11, verse 3, 
I'm going to read. So the sisters sent word to him. So Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. Lord, behold, he, he whom you love is sick. So their brother Lazarus is sick. Okay, most, some of you, most of you probably heard this story. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not meant for death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now, verse 5, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So even though Mary was intentional about her relationship with Jesus, and we see that Martha was distracted, not, she didn't have a cell phone. She would have been distracted by a cell phone at that time. Those are for those that are on their cell phone right now. His love was, his, his love was an equal love for them all. Jesus loves us. It is not based on our performance, but the kind of relationship we have with him is up to us. So when he heard that he was sick, Jesus, he rushed over there now. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And after this, verse 11, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going so that I may awaken him from sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will come out of it. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about actual sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus died. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. See, now we're going to talk a little bit about Martha again. So then Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to him. She went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he says to Martha, do you believe this? And she says to him, yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, and he who comes into the world. Now there is a whole message in that in itself. And I'm going to leave that one to my husband, okay? Because I want to focus on what Martha says, her answer to him. He says to her, do you believe? She says, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And when she had said this, she laughed and called Mary her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. So if Martha had truly believed at that moment, would she have done something in secret? Now, Jesus had just said to Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? And then she secretly goes and gets Mary. I don't see anywhere Jesus said, go get your sister. So it's like she said, I believe you are who you say you are, but, capital B-U-T, 
Let me go handle this on my own. Ever been there? See, Martha was still distracted and not hearing what Jesus was saying to her. So when Mary heard this, verse 29, she got up quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not come into the village, but was still at the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and were consoling her, when they saw that Mary had gotten up quickly and left, they followed her. Interesting. Thinking that she was going to the tomb to weep there. So Mary went immediately because she thought Jesus had called for her. Even though Martha was trying to handle it in her own strength, I personally think that she knew that Mary trusted Jesus. She had spent time in his presence, and Martha had been affected by the fragrance faith of Mary. See, Mary had influenced her, whether she realized it or not. And we also see that when the Jews who were in the house saw Mary get up, they followed her. Why? See, when we spend time with Jesus, it will change our lives and the lives of those around us. So when Mary came to the place where Jesus was, she saw him, and guess what she did? She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary knew, even in the most difficult moment, that Jesus still needed to be the most important person in her room. Verse 33, so therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. This is the smallest verse in the Bible. Verse 35, Jesus wept. And so the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. See, Jesus loved this family. But, I, but he was weeping with Mary because they had a relationship and he had compassion on her. Jesus was crying with her because he felt her pain just like he feels our pain. This didn't happen with Martha. Did he love Martha? Absolutely. We read earlier he loved them all, but Martha was distracted and it was still all about her not about him. See, Martha ran to Jesus, but she did not fall at his feet like Mary did. They both said the same things to him, but what was the difference? Trust. Mary trusted Jesus because she had a relationship with him. She spent time with him. And she had no idea what the outcome would be with her brother. All she knew is that her brother was dead Yet she fell at the feet of Jesus and still worshiped him. Which takes me to point two, that even when we don't know the outcome, fragranced faith happens when Jesus is still the most important person in the room. See, Mary knew she had to focus on what was good and what would not be taken away from her. I find great comfort in that because everything else can be taken away from us. Everything. We're not taking anything with us, guys. Just let me let you know that. 
And that is hard for some of us to wrap our minds around because we are distracted. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb, verse 38. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, I wish I could have seen this conversation. Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you? And he wouldn't say it like that. He'd be a lot more loving. Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I'm going to skip down to 43. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Moving down to verse 45, therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things in which Jesus had done. So there's always the little religious tattletellers in there, right? They're mad. So Martha just said earlier, Lord, I believe. But then she says, after he says, remove the stone, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. And he says to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? See, Martha still wasn't listening to what Jesus was saying. She wasn't hearing him. She was more concerned about the smell of the death than she was about Jesus being in the room with her and offering her life. And I know we talk about, oh, they had different personalities. And I get that. But there was something different with Mary and her relationship with Jesus. See, we see that Mary's fragrance faith had made a difference, and some had believed. She made a difference in the room she was in, and it doesn't say anything about people following Martha. You don't see that in here. Or her making a difference in the lives of the people around her. And she was always working. So outwardly, she was doing all the right things. She wasn't a bad person. She was just distracted. Ever been there? And I'm not trying to hate on Martha. Trust me, I'm going to meet her one day. But why did they follow Mary and not Martha? Because Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him speak his words into her life. See, that is the only reason she was able to make a difference in the lives of those who were around her. She chose what was good and would not be taken away from her. Everything else would and could be taken from her, and she knew that. Jobs, relationships, money, loved ones, all these things can be gone in a second, and if they are the most important thing in your room, in my room, instead of Jesus, you will not have the strength you need to get through it. Even if we don't know the outcome, Jesus still needs to be the most important person in the room. The last story that I'm going to read today is in John chapter 12, verse 1. We're still talking about this family. So therefore, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a dinner there. And Martha was serving, really? That's a surprise. Martha was serving, 
Lazarus was reclining at the table with him. But let's see what Mary did. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard, which is why the mom's got a little fragrance bottle, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. What a beautiful picture. Martha is serving, Lazarus is reclining with Jesus, and Mary is sitting at his feet, pouring expensive perfume all over him and wiping his feet with her hair. How crazy that just a few days before this, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Can you imagine the smell? I have smelled the home of a person that had been dead for three days, and it is a smell that you never forget. So this family had been impacted by the smell of death, but now we see through Mary's devotion to Jesus, the room was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Isn't that exactly what the Lord does in our lives? We can be facing a huge, stinky trial in our lives, smelly trial in our lives, and it can seem unbearable. The smell can be so bad that when we sit at, but when we sit at his feet and worship him, it turns into a sweet fragrance, sweet fragrance that fills our lives and the lives of those around us. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, verse 4, was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So see how this sweet fragrance brought out what was in Judas's heart. He was in the room, but everything was about him. He was focused on money, not Jesus. And what a contrast. We see Mary is generous. Judas is greedy. Mary is humble. Judas is arrogant. Mary is selfless. Judas is self-centered. Judas stands at a distance, and Mary kneels in humble adoration. Together they serve as a contrast illustration in Matthew 6.21, where it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whatever you or I put our trust in, that will be the fragrance that flows out of our hearts and out of our lives. In order for Jesus to be the most important person in the room of our heart, we have to humble ourselves, get over ourselves, and trust in him. The fragrance faith requires a generous, humble, selfless act to make a difference in the room you are in. That's point number three. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume, and guess what? This made Judas very uncomfortable because his heart was off. He was getting ready to betray Jesus. His focus was on money and himself. If Jesus is not the main focus in the room I'm in or you are in, 
you can very easily be led away by many things. What you put your trust in will determine the course of your life. And then you will get to the place that you will be so distracted that you will not hear what Jesus is trying to speak into your life. I don't want to be that distracted that I can't hear what Jesus is trying to speak into my life. So I ask you this morning, who is the most important person in your room? Is it Jesus or is it you? If it's you, we know how Judas's life ended. He was so full of himself and deceived by the enemy, enemy that eventually he took his own life. See, this is where the enemy wants us, distracted and separated from Jesus. He wants us distracted from the things of God. He wants us distracted from hearing what God is saying to us. And if we are not acknowledging that Jesus is the most important person in the room and spending time with him and giving him time to speak into our lives, to speak to us, we will get caught up in wanting Jesus to fix them and not us. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to make a difference in the lives around you? In your kids' lives, in your marriages, future marriages, in your jobs? Do you want to be able to handle the battles in your life? If yes, Jesus needs your full attention. He's in the room. Trusting him, even if you don't know the outcome and humbling yourself and placing him higher than anything else in your life. Even the cell phone, God forbid. Mary made a difference in the room because she sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to what he had to say to her. It is his words and trusting in him that will enable us to live a fragrance faith life and make a difference in the room we are in. And we know Jesus went on, he died on the cross, he rose on the third day, he's seated in the heavens at the right hand of the Father, and we now have the Holy Spirit. So whatever room we're in, wherever we're at, we can be in his presence if we put our trust in him. We want, I know I want to be the type of person that when I leave the room, people are better. I don't want them to walk out of the room thinking, what just happened? I mean, I know everything about that guy. I don't know anything about Jesus. I ask Art to play this song while he's playing, I just want you to close your eyes and, and I want you to just spend a time, few minutes focused on who's in, who is the most important person in the room of your heart. And if it's not Jesus, it needs to be.
Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So who is the most important person in the room of your heart? I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. See, Jesus said some very powerful, powerful words when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even if they die, will live again. He was saying, invite me into the room of your heart. Believe that I am who I say I am, and even though you may face physical death, you will be raised to life and live with him in his presence forever. But the crazy thing about all of this, he's God, all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, and he lets us make the choice. My question to you today is, have you invited Jesus into the room of your heart? We always have to give you an opportunity to do that today. So if you know today that you have never invited him into the room of your heart, I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, today I am admitting that I have lived life on my own. I am, I am turning away from that today. I believe that you died for all my sins and that you rose on the third day, rose from the dead on the third day. I confess you as my Lord and Savior, and I ask you to come into the room of my heart today. In Jesus' name. Now it's dark in here, so I don't want to put make anybody uncomfortable, but there's an action step of just raising your hand and saying, I said that prayer for the first time today. So if that's you, just slip that hand up. I can't see it, but God can. 
And maybe you're here today and you have invited Jesus into the room of your heart, but your room has been full of everything else but him. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me as well. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for making everything more important than you. Today I choose to make you the most important person in the room of my heart and my life. In Jesus' name. See, Mary chose to do what would never be taken away from her. And we have to humble ourselves to do that because it's moving ourselves aside and saying, Jesus, you are, you are more important. And I'm going to humble myself. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we humble ourselves at his feet and say, I need you to speak your words of truth into my life, words of truth that can push all of those lies out of our minds. See, we don't know the opposite of a truth and a lie if we're not filling our minds and our hearts with God's truth, the word of God. That is the only reason my mind is where it is today. I can take no credit. It is because he speaks into my life. And I have to work on not being distracted because I'm a, I'm a worker. But I sit at his feet and I hear what he has to say. And I hope you'll do the same. Let's stand together. I do want to say if you said yes to Jesus today, the angels in heaven are throwing a party and it is, a, it is the best party you would ever attend. Welcome to the family of God. And if you did raise your hand today, we do have a free gift for you and want to talk with you for a few minutes. We want to give you a Bible. Ruth over here, Ruth, uh, if you can see her, she's going to come to the front. Just walk up to her after the service. She's going to spend a few quick minutes with you before you leave today and just pray for you and give you some next steps of what's next. What happens after I say yes? And so make sure that you come up with her. Well, I hope you enjoyed your Mother's Day gift moms it is a little fragrance bottle and we didn't put perfume in it because we don't always know who's allergic but this fragrant fragrance bottle is a reminder to all the moms that we can have fragranced faith in our lives and make a difference to those around us the scripture that's on it is second corinthians 2 15 and it says for we are a fragrance of christ to god among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. God bless, have a wonderful day, and don't forget to get your family photo on the way out. search the world but it could fill me man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough but you can't
put me back together And every desire is now satisfied Hearing your love 